1: Welcome back to Dwayne's World, always great to have your company wherever you're listening around the planet, always great to have your calls, and your text coming through and we'll head back to your calls on that Werribee Kia open line very shortly, one 736 736 is the number, it's brought to us by Werribee Kia, Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award, Werribee Kia, where else, earlier this week AFL General Manager of Women's Football, Nicole Livingston, announced that she will be departing the role after seven seasons In that role, having joined the AFL after the inaugural season in 2017 and overseeing the expansion and growth of the AFLW competition to 18 teams, it's been one of the toughest jobs you could possibly have. And Nicole has done a damn good job at it. Nicole, uh, welcome to the program. Great to have you back.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Dwayne. Almost as tough as talkback radio, right?
1: Oh no! I think uh, I've got an easy job. I get to I get to talk about it. You have to do it, and that's the hard yeah. part about the AFLW. You really had to expand and grow this thing really quickly, and and get the skill yeah. level to grow as quickly as possible. It it has been a pretty tough job.
0: Oh look, it's it's, it's had its challenges, but it certainly had more reward um, and opportunity uh, for women in Australia than than challenges. I think. Uh, we, As you said, we went from 8 to 18 very quickly, uh, 8, 10, 14, and then into 18, and uh, we've expanded from 216 players to 540 players. So it's grown very quickly, but I think looking at the 2023 season, our eights, it's been a really good season, uh, both on and off the field. So I think the time is right to um, pass the bat on.
1: So congratulations on what you have done. What are you most proud of? Is it the the rapid expansion and growth to get it to a point where, uh, I suppose when you walked into the job, the 18-team comp was a dream, but did you think it would come about that quickly? What What are you most proud of?
0: Yeah, well, actually one of our campaigns uh, for Season 7 was from uh, a dream to 18 teams. So you're right, it was uh, a fairly big highlight for everybody working in AFLW to get to the 18 teams, and we shared that moment on field at the MCG with 18 AFL players and 18 AFLW players just to record the moment that the competition became whole from an elite perspective. Uh, And I think about uh, the grand final against um, Adelaide and Carlton and 53,034 coming in the doors of Adelaide Oval and kind of being on operations that day and having the calls coming through from the team at Adelaide Oval as they're opening up new levels and more people were streaming in. So there's been lots of highlights. I'm hoping this weekend will be a highlight as well uh, for a last grand final with a new player in the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos uh, into the grand final.
1: Well, let's just uh, address that one quickly then. Why isn't it at Marvel? Mm. Why didn't you move it? Why wasn't Marvel booked?
0: So we, uh, before the season started, we uh, announced all of the venues that we had on hold across the nation for the grand final. Marvel is obviously a multi-purpose venue, as uh, is most of the venues, the big venues around the nation that kick into cricket mode as well. So many of them have uh, wickets in them. Marvel's just come off uh, Paul McCartney, a whole heap of concerts, and they've just had Motocross on there as well. So it's certainly not fit for our AFLW Grand Final at the moment from a turf point of view, and Princess Park is looking a treat. So we'll we'll get close to 13,000 in there on Sunday, and uh, that's actually, you know, it's, it's going to be a really great uh, atmosphere for our players to be able to, to play to a full house.
1: Is that something that if the competition continues to grow, you just have to plan for? A grand final, at a big venue. If it happens to be in Melbourne, like Marvel, I mean, you you would have hoped maybe pre-season that you would have thought, oh, let's book Marvel because we might end up with forty thousand people wanting to go to our grand final. So don't don't let it be unavailable.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good question. I mean, commercially for Marvel as well, uh, the difference between an AFLW grand final to Paul McCartney, you know, there, there's commercially mm. there's a big difference in that. However, um, you know, if we move to a bigger venue, which we did do in Season 7 with the opening match between Essendon and Hawthorne, um, you know, we ended up getting around about, I think, 20,000. Actually, sorry, I'll correct myself, 12,000 to that game. And 12,000 in a big venue like Marvel actually doesn't feel like a good atmosphere. So if we had have moved it, and 40,000 would be aspirational in time to get to a grand final again. um, But if we moved it and we got, say, an extra three to five thousand people coming to the grand final uh, on the weekend it still would be at a venue like marble that wouldn't have the same impact as packing out something like princess park uh, with thirteen thousand. so you just have to balance that as well dwayne
1: how weird is it uh, trying to have an equal competition in what's impossible to have an equal competition given the teams you've got the amount of games you're playing the draw etc how tough a challenge has that been
0: Oh look, we've got some uh, some formulas around how we run the fixture um, to to ensure that there is uh, games against the top part of the ladder, the bottom part of the ladder, and then we also work in the off-season as to the player movement that's taken place. So uh, we also look across a couple of years as to which teams have and haven't played uh, to make sure that we're cycling through that as well. That will grow with time. We've already agreed in the five-year CBA to go to 11 next year, uh, and then there's metrics to be met in the period of the CBA to potentially get up to 14 uh, there are so many things that when you're building a new league, um, and and it's hard because you look at the men's competition, it's been around for 160 years and has had a chance to evolve and mature. Um, but for our competition, which has really been a start-up um, of a league and to balance the things that we're trying to bring in, we now have players on full-time contracts uh, as all year-round contracts and there's $32 million in player payments going out. Every time we put on another round, it's around $3 million. So we have to balance everything that we're doing in terms of what comes next. So when you think about players being in the club uh, in a year-round capacity, you then have to have the staffing to match that in each and every one of the clubs because the players now have an expectation of year-round Coaching or or training. So, there are many things that need to be balanced, and it's only human nature to want everything straight away um, and it look exactly the same as something else that you've got a picture in your head of how it should look. But I think it's really important to make uh, sustainable choices as well. We want this league to be around for Daisy's grandkids, not just mm. um, Sylvie, if she wants to play.
1: You mentioned one round costing about three mil. Uh, You need to get the TV audiences up a bit, I presume. Is that one thing on the agenda of the next person in your role?
0: Yeah, look, uh, audiences as well, um, or attendances as as well as audiences, um, our our broadcast partners in Fox and 7 have been fantastic. And the aspiration is to stay on main channel when we talk about Channel 7 because that gives us a great opportunity to be able to to uh, build our audience, but it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? And Unless you have the ratings, then it doesn't make commercial sense for, for Seven to have us on the main channel as well because they are also a business. So, um, you know, it is all about what we do as well to promote the league and hopefully you've noticed a difference this year. We've really doubled down from a marketing and a PR point of view to try and build more household names when it comes to our players so that, you know, we know that people know who Erin is, we know people know who Daisy and Taylor are but we want them to be able to know um, some of these other tremendous players. You know, Emma Driscoll's come out of the W Awards on, on uh, Monday night, a, a bit of a star, a bit of a cult mm. hero for an interview, talking about footy and talking about her brothers playing as well and getting one up and having her brothers follow her into football. Uh, Mon Conti, you know, winning the W Award, uh, playing dual sports. We want more players to be bigger names so that people start to either tune in on on the TV or come to the games. But the product has actually got better as well uh, as time has gone on. So that will only improve with more girls going through from the OzKick right through to the AFLW.
1: So you think the product getting better is the key? You, You think you're on track for better crowds next year, better TV audiences about building the product with personalities and the product itself? Is that the key?
0: Yeah, the footy has to be good too. And you look at uh, the 10 home and away rounds that we had this year and we got to the last round and it got right down to the final game of Fremantle versus Sydney to determine who was going to be in the top eight. You know, the live ladder was bouncing around nonstop. So anyone from fifth to 13th could have made it into that top eight. So to have a competitive competition, competitively balanced competition, and also to give our fans hope that any team can win any match at any time, um, I mean, that, that's the aspiration. We obviously have some teams that have been pretty strong uh, from the get-go, some of them foundation clubs in Melbourne and, and Brisbane have obviously been tremendous, and so too Adelaide, and then North Melbourne has been amping as well, and now into a grand final Geelong has come up. Sydney's done a great job. So I think now with year-round contracts, you'll also see more players move around. Uh, Not quite a national draft yet, but you can tick a national box to go uh, to a club that is not from your original home state. So I think with the success of Chloe Malloy going to Sydney, we'll see more players wanting to move around and, and that will help those clubs that have come to the competition a little later than those foundation clubs.
1: And you mentioned the W Awards. You've resisted naming an award after Daisy Pierce or Aaron Phillips yet. Do you think that is still yeah. on the agenda? It's just that you didn't decide to do it?
0: It's definitely on the agenda and we've certainly had um, numerous conversations about it, but we're only, as I said, um, you know, we're only seven years old or eight years old and seven seasons old. So I think it needs time to actually build its legacy. We know how great Daisy uh, is and was and also with Erin. They're obviously two of the names that have been tossed around but I think it's important to be able to build the legacy uh, and give it a little bit of time before you start naming awards so all of the awards are, are yet to be named um, including things like best on ground and, uh, and and the like so not just at the W awards um, yeah so I think that will happen in time.
1: What's better a three to five thousand venue full then for the home and away games in you know, boutique stadiums uh, around the States or is it better to play, the girls want to play in the men's venues, the bigger venues, but they do look empty?
0: I think the players, um, we had the captains in this week talking with commission and executive and I think they're actually starting to, to really feel the difference of being at the Heartland venues and having them packed out. Um, so certainly the spirit of, of what was coming forward from the captains was that they're actually enjoying uh, being at those venues. Uh, we obviously need to have minimum standards to make sure that they are conducive to, to playing well uh, in terms of the warm-up facilities, the rooms, and also the deck. But I think they're actually enjoying playing at the Heartland venues and having that connection and seeing the crowds come through the gate. So... Uh, whilst we didn't get to the, the marker that was in the CBA of 3,500 to uh, pull another uh, pull the lever on another game uh, to be 12 next year, we have seen an increase in crowds. We had record crowds come to Home and Away, 234,000 people turned up to watch the Home and Away. So um, I think they're enjoying being at, at at those venues.
1: So more Arden Street, more Icon, more Punt Road, etc. Is, is a smaller venue more conducive to scoring or does that congest it with... 16 a team. There's been suggestion that the smaller venues are good, but then you'd almost be better off going to 14 players on the field to allow more space for ball use.
0: They're actually they're actually all different um, dimensions. We've, we did a hmm. media guide uh, this year that had all of that listed in it, and and you think about Norwood, that's actually quite skinny. Uh, and some of the bigger venues like GMHBA. So they're all very different. Uh, so sometimes that's a home ground advantage as well. Uh, you know, Geelong talk a lot about being at GMHBA and having that home ground advantage of having uh, trained on there in preparation for the season and matches. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, probably more the question is around 16 or 18 on the field, like the men's competition. We are starting to certainly see uh, a maturing of, of game style and although there still are a lot of stoppages in the game, uh, it, you know, perhaps it lends itself to, to, in the future, getting to 18 on the field instead of 16.
1: Wow. So rather than go to back to 14 and open up space, you, you think going to 18 is the way to go?
0: Well, particularly when you're playing on the same sort of, and I know I just said that they're all different sizing, mm. but um, they are AFL standard venues. So they're still, they're still big grounds. Um, You know, I look at other women's sport like WBBL that actually bring boundaries in and things like that. I don't think our players want to to do that, but um, certainly if we can keep the congestion down, you know, something for Laura Kane to look at, and I know she is looking at it in the future years, you know, what does it look like if the congestion's in a good spot? You know, could you bring uh, 18 onto the field?
1: So it's a bugbear in mind, the congestion in the AFLW, Nicole, as it was with the AFL Mm -hmm. itself for... Over a decade, can you get the umpires to just pay a free kick? I mean, the congestion and not paying free kicks and not paying the in back, in the backs, with that causes more congestion and more ball-ups, doesn't it? Uh, were you frustrated watching that last quarter, Brisbane-Geelong?
0: Oh, look, it, it was, um, and, and it's also a coaching style, right? So you mm. And I hear it when I'm at the venues where, you know, on the bench, they're yelling out stoppages, stoppages to protect the lead in the last couple of minutes. Um, so it is definitely a game style as well. Uh, there were a lot of tackles that were thrown uh, in that game in, in totality, but also in the la- last quarter. Um, so are you suggesting they need to blow the whistle sooner? Or yes. are you suggesting they need to let it go? 100%. Pay they they in the
1: in-the-packs, pay the throws, Nicole. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we've got one more game to go, and I'm sure the umpiring team that's going to be announced is a crack umpiring team. I'm sure they're listening to you right now, Dwayne. They'll take a the look. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: I'm sure they're not, but hopefully they're listening to people within the AFL who thought that uh, that was uh, putting the whistle away. Is something that has been a problem in the AFL too for me. But mm. yeah, I think that would open it up more. It's uh, it is it is a fantastic product when it's played at full flight, Nicole. And I think the the ball use this year, if you can, you know, get more of those, you know. Five to ten metre handballs rather than the two to three metre yeah. handballs to open it up as well. That the skill level will improve. It's just the tackling. To me, the tackling's so damn good. The girls tackle mm. exceptionally well, and their handball skills when they come up to that level as well might open it up. Uh, it seems like the coaches are coaching to tackle and congest and cause ball up. So you're right about the coaches, but do we need to get onto them a bit more?
0: Uh, look we do meet with our coaches we do talk about game style um we did that this year as well and now our crew that run uh, the data analytics um, are sharing a lot of that information with the coaches as well. But at the end of the day, Dwayne, they want to win a match as well. So mm, yeah. I hope this weekend we see some free-flowing football. These two teams can move the ball beautifully. So I hope, um, but they're also very good defensively as well. So you might see players drop behind the ball to be able to protect. But I think, um, I think these two teams will play a good style of footy. These are the best of the best, as they should be in the grand final.
1: Yeah, I think we see that uh, the 6-6-6 has been good because you get a goal, everybody gets back into position. But if you've Mm, got a sport mm. where there's no goals, no one gets back into position. So it's the same thing with the AFLW. We need more goals and we'll get them back into position more often. Look, I could discuss with you this for an hour, Nicole. It's great to have the chat with you. I like talking the the nuts and bolts of the game. Congratulations on what you've done. Who wins this weekend? Who wins Sunday?
0: Well, it's corny. AFLW does win with a packed uh, house, but I think, um, I don't know, I actually genuinely don't know who's going to win because the, the tenacity of Brisbane shines through, but the hunger of North Melbourne puts them on the front foot. So uh, I think it could be North, but I'm not certainly not riding off Brisbane. It depends on whether or not Dakota Davidson ends up taking the field for Brisbane with a bit of a knee niggle from the last match. If she's on there, Brisbane, Brisbane will be the favourite for me.
1: You're heading to Paris?
0: I am heading to Paris. I didn't have my 50th. It was in COVID and I was always (laughs) going to go to France and there's a little shindig on over in Paris in 2024 that I might hang out for a little while.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're going to put you into some professional role uh, in a great commentary (laughs) capacity or something or other. Nicole, great to have you. Uh, Enjoy your time off. Enjoy the Olympics next year and uh, congratulations again on the job you've done in the AFLW.
0: Hey, Dwayne, you've been there from the start with me, so thank you for your support. You know, you guys were always calling to talk about AFLW, so I really appreciate the support of W, but the support of me as well, so thank you.
1: No, it's always great to chat to you, Nicole, uh, and uh, it's fun to have you on. I'm going to miss you. Nicole Livingston, departing AFL General Manager of Women's Football. It's a big one Sunday, and we'll talk more about it shortly. you with Dwayne well.